probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism. 75%. If intruder organism reaches civilized areas, entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact. Welcome to the Thing Minute Podcast, where we discuss John Carpenter's 1982 science fiction horror masterpiece, The Thing, one minute at a time. I'm Harper W. Harris from HarperWHarris.com, and joining me this week is... Travis Bowe from Real Comic Heroes Podcast. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, you were. Uh, I believe you were one of the first people to uh, to review the show on <laughs> iTunes. So, uh, oh, nice. That's yeah. I was, you know, always appreciated. But it's awesome to have you on the show after all this time. We've been, yeah. uh, you know, kind of seeing each other in the podcasting community and all that. So, yeah, yeah. I'm glad to have you on, man. Yeah, it's a it's a really good show. I've been uh, kind of binge binge listening to it for the last couple weeks, and and you know, especially leading up to um, joining you. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So I guess before we dig into this week's minutes, it's probably a good idea to start with kind of your, I guess, your history with The Thing. So do you remember the first time you saw it or, or is it a movie that had a, had a big impact on you? Um, so not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the, my history with The Thing isn't extensive. Like I, I watched it a few years ago for the first time on a kind of on a whim. I think it was – like back when Netflix was still doing discs through the mail. Oh, yeah. And I think I just thought, well, I've never seen The Thing. I'll just you know watch it. And uh, I remember liking it, but it not having – not leaving a huge you know impact on me right away. And then um, we added Alien to our lineup of movies over on Real Comic Heroes. Mm-hmm. And so once we did that, like the doors were kind of open for sci-fi horror – and then I just slipped the thing in there into our list of movies and like in preparation for reviewing it on our show, that's, I think that's probably when I fell in love with it. Yeah. I've rewatched it now a few times since then and it does get better with, with each viewing. And um, the latest was at a, uh, a local brewery here in Indianapolis called Black Circle. They do a, uh, like a horror themed movie, I think once a month. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and it, so it was, it was especially nice seeing it with a crowd and yeah, um, being able to take my wife to it. You know, she she was watching it for the first time, and I think they were playing it like off of a uh, like a VHS copy. Nice, and it was it's one of those weird things. Like every time I see the movie, it feels like it's different, and then I finally realized the original version that I had watched would have been whatever DVD release. But I remember it having the, the uh, superstition, you know, is the song oh, yeah. that that Nalls is playing. And then here a few weeks ago when we went to this uh, brewery, it had what was the other song? Uh, I don't uh, remember it off the top of my head. Um, OK, you guys had just talked about it in a recent episode yeah, yeah, that did. I listened to. So it it finally confirmed that it was a different song because I you know, <laughs> seeing it that night, I'm like. I know that they played superstition, you know, in that, yeah. in that scene. So it was really strange. Like, and then I, it just felt like there were other things that were slightly different from what I remembered. So yeah, it's just kind of one of those weird ones that it, it feels a little different each time 
I don't, I don't know. Cause there's not like a director's cut of this that I know of, mm-hmm. or there's not like a bunch of versions of it. That's no, it. it's really just the, the main one that we've all known and love. And then there's a TV edit. That's kind of a okay. mess. Then, and yeah. The, yeah, the VHS, I think the only main, there may be a few other small differences, but the only main difference is that song just cause they, they couldn't okay. get superstition because of the rights. But yeah, yeah, no, and it's it's been a great movie to to do this kind of podcast on because it yeah. is a movie that every time you watch it, you can kind of pick out a new detail or look at it in a different way. And yeah, it's yeah. been it's fantastic for for that for sure. So I, I totally get that. And I think like I always remember things being in different areas of the movie, like the times that they go out to you know the Norwegian camp or to visit the uh, uh, the downed you know spaceship, like they. They're never in the same place in the movie that I remember them being. It's like, you know, so it just always feels like things happen in a different order or just, I don't know, it's really weird. Yeah, it is funny that you say that. There's a lot of scenes that were kind of rearranged from the script, so maybe that's why. A lot of stuff Mm -hmm. in the middle here. We're kind of nearing the end of that section of the the movie um, with the podcast where where a lot of these scenes are kind of mixed up. And because it's funny, I do the same thing. It's, I always kind of get a few of these little parts kind of mixed up because th- yeah, this this yeah. is where it kind of kicks into the the next act of the movie i guess where you know beyond the paranoia there's more more monsters mm. coming <laughs> yeah yeah so um yeah i guess that'll lead us right into uh, our minutes for today so today we're talking about minute 71 of the thing which begins with norris taking off his flamethrower as they start to close up the base and it ends a minute later with uh Nalls coming in through the door and collapsing down onto the floor so this is one where just uh, at the end of last week, we talked about, uh, you know, Nalza McCready went up to a shack and then we've had this kind of time jump where they've been gone for about 45 minutes. And so the guys okay. are guys are getting worried and are now they're starting to board up all the doors and windows so that yeah. uh, so, because they, they think something went wrong with one or the other of those two. So, yeah, we're getting this kind of paranoia is like actually at the <laughs> point where they're locking these guys out into the yeah, freezing blizzard. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one quick thing, like it, it's literally like second second four. Yeah, and you might have already talked about it with the set decoration for the the rec room. Um, on the wall behind Clark, Gar- uh, Copper, and Gary, is that just a bunch of like nudie pics of women? Yep. They're, okay, it's <laughs> funny. We just talked about that last week. About, <laughs> okay, it's funny because it's a whole bunch of of naked women, and on the opposite wall of that is an STD uh, PSA <laughs> poster. <Nice. laughs> okay, so it's in perfect uh, opposition of each other. Right on. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I love the look of the rec room for sure. It's it's yeah. kind of its own character in the movie. Yeah. But I do so the very very beginning of this minute before we get into boarding up anything, we get what I think is probably the first. There might be an er, one smaller earlier one, but this is the first very obvious hint that something's wrong with Norris. Yeah. Um. So yeah, when he takes off his flamethrower, he's like really kind of struggling and like mm-hmm. you know looking very uncomfortable. Um. I do. <laughs> it was funny. I wrote down in my notes that uh, I'm, I actually I, I do a lot of um. I'm a boom operator in a lot of cases when it, for okay. my sound work that I do by day. And um, I actually just got off a long stint of doing a bunch of booming work. And that uh, that look is something yeah, that's yeah. very familiar to me. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, wow, that, that's, that looks very familiar to uh, when I finish a, a long shift on set. <laughs> yeah, right on. Um, yeah, I like the little, little hint of foreshadowing that's going on with Norris. Um, and it's... It's one of those weird things that'll go on in my notes in the next few minutes that I'm not sure what we're foreshadowing. If right. it's 
because it, it's it's like at this point you assume that they're setting it up that he's going to be infected, which is especially great since we see him standing next to three guys who are tied up on the couch. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a nice, you know, like for a second you think maybe the danger is contained here on the couch, but then, you know, then something's not right with Norris. So it's definitely a nice way to uh, continue that. I don't know, that suspense. So. Yeah, well, and it's a nice, I never thought about that, but you're right. It's a nice kind of um, contrast that, you know, it kind of hints that maybe these people on the couch are not the ones we should be suspicious of, that the right, person that's yeah. guarding them is actually, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it is something, it happens twice in this minute where we get these kind of moments where something's very obviously wrong with Norris. Yeah. And it's, I, I really wish I could remember the first time I saw it, what I thought about that or whether I really even picked up on it all that much because, Obviously now, you know, knowing what's going to happen in a couple minutes, it seems like it's an obvious hint that he's infected, like you say. But, yeah. you know, I don't know that I, – I wonder if it's really – I mean, I think initially in the script it's meant to just uh, set up that he's about to have a heart attack. Right. I think that comes across pretty well, um, especially just rewatching this and, and you know, the, obviously it starts with him kind of wincing at the beginning of the minute and then it ends later on with him, you know – having some trouble when he's looking out the window. Yeah. So I think it does read very well as a possible heart attack. You know, I think I've seen enough, you know, heart attack moments in movies where it's always the, you know, you kind of get that few minutes beforehand where, you know, they're either having trouble with their arm or complaining or just feeling some kind of chest pain. So mm-hmm. I think it does read pretty well as a possible heart attack. Yeah, and it's it's certainly believable that somebody could have a heart attack in this circumstance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. he's under like an insane amount of stress and he's maybe not the healthiest guy at the at the outpost. So, yeah. you know, it's definitely believable, but yeah, it's just kind of funny because it is something that very easily could be misconstrued as a hint that he's infected because I guess, you know, we don't really have any moments in the movie where besides these, I guess, if you want to count these, where somebody is like struggling internally with being infected. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not like that's been set up. So, you know, on one hand, it's definitely believable as a heart attack. On the other, it's like, oh, come on. Like, obviously this is supposed to mean he's the thing. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So it is, it's, you know, in hindsight, it's a, it's kind of an odd moment because it's hard to say what the intention, a hundred percent the intention was. Uh, As I like, Rewatched it. I have to wonder if there's a little part of Norris that says, you know, I don't feel right. Maybe I should say something. Or if it's like purely self preservation to keep any red flags quiet. Sure. You know, like, especially uh, later on, you know, with the, with him looking through the window and having that little uh, attack, like, that seems like the perfect, you know, spot to say, you know, something's not right with me, but it's it's part of the maddening part of this movie in regards to when people are affected by mm-hmm. the the thing, you know, because now it's like, is he feeling effects of an oncoming heart attack or is it while coincidentally already being infected? Is he infected yet? You know, it's just you can drive yourself crazy with mm-hmm. these questions of when is he infected? You know, is that what this is or if is it? just heart attack is it's just a weird coincidence that he would have a heart thing and then you know what comes later so yeah it's it's crazy to try and like figure out it's almost like trying to figure out you know 
a time paradox in some in certain like <laughs> you know crazy time travel movies so yeah yeah no it's it's definitely you know it's obviously there are a lot of bits and pieces to the puzzle that are left you know left on the cutting room floor that we, yeah. we never get for sure which and partly that's that's a big part of what makes the movie so entertaining and and worth sure. discussing you know 35 years later but i i do i tend to think that norris to me is the the biggest example of how um, you know, in most cases, when we see somebody get taken over by the thing in the movie, it's like this violent attack, like yeah. that it's kind of in this self-defense thing where it bursts out and, and attacks because it feels like it has no choice. But I think Norris is probably the the best um, example of how, you know, that it can maybe take you over slowly, like like more like a viral infection. Like maybe, right. you know, we don't, obviously we don't know when he was infected, but we know that he is uh, because, yeah. you know, it's only a, a few minutes away that's that becomes pretty obvious, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. um, but right. The heart attack may have nothing to do with it. And obviously we'll get to the heart attack, uh, in a couple of days here, but yeah, you know, it may just be totally unrelated. And, you know, we talked about earlier and uh, a couple of weeks ago about how Norris had the chance to, to take the gun and be the leader of the group. Sure. Gary yeah, offered yeah. him, him that role and he didn't take it, which suggests that maybe, you know, he wasn't quite taken over yet because it seems like the thing would want to be in control and have that power um so yeah norris is norris is a really interesting case study if you're trying to kind of understand how the thing works and how it assimilates people and that kind of thing yeah i remember watching this um not the very first time but then the first time for our podcast and thinking Okay, if you're infected, you know you're infected and you're trying to, you know, con everybody or you're trying to deceive everyone and but then having watched it a few more times since then, it's like I don't I don't think it's obvious to them that they know it because um certain other characters who later on become infected aren't showing signs of it. They're just acting like themselves and I like what you had said uh, one of your episodes I just listened to about uh, Palmer, he went into the movie with the intention of playing it as if he is only himself the entire time, Mm -hmm. which is a really nice, you know, a a really interesting way to do it, you know? So now it's like, I I, I don't, I can't watch this movie now and think everyone's aware the entire time that they are infected and, you know, they're acting under those, like under that, you know, guise of, trying to hide it so yeah, yeah i think it i think they don't know you know necessarily yeah i think there there are a lot of um i think there's there's good examples on both sides of that yes, that debate yeah for sure and yeah, yeah. Nor- norris is certainly one of the ones that seems like he doesn't know in most yeah. cases um we'll, we'll get to a few moments later in the week where it seems like he's maybe acting a little bit more aggressive than he normally does sure it's, there's some things that seem a little out of character that maybe point to that you know, he's not a hundred percent in control, but it's, uh, yeah, it's certainly interesting to kind of think about that as you watch the movie for the fifth or sixth or seventh <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so this minute is really mostly them kind of boarding it up, which is, this is such an odd part of the movie. This always stands <laughs> yeah. out to me because our main character has disappeared. And now the, the other characters, the supporting cast sure. are literally locking the main character out of the of the set which is such a weird thing like i i was last week when we were talking about the um you know the moment when uh when fuchs discovers the the torn mccready flight suit and yeah. um, you know I, I can't think of another example really where in a movie where you're so suspicious of the main character that suddenly they become 
potentially the villain out of nowhere, which is, it's really, really interesting. It's such a strange turning point in the movie. Huh. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, even like your, I guess your second main character, you know, Wolford Brimley, like he's gone too. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's 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 weird that yeah, most of the cast that you've been kind of identifying with and following a little bit more closely has been kind of taken out of the picture in one way or another for these couple minutes, which is, you know, we're kind of forced to side with the the mob rule of the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Which is very interesting. Mm. Um so yeah, they're boarding everything up and and Norris uh sees somebody out the window and that's when he has this second little uh pang in his chest or whatever and and then we get this nice shot of somebody with a flare running in uh, in from the blizzard, which is just another one of those really eerie kind of shots because you can't tell who it is. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember who it was uh, watching this minute for the first time. So it was, yeah, nice. Yeah, you really can't tell. And, it's, and it too, it, watching it this closely, it re- actually reminded me a lot of um, the scene when, uh, when they spot Bennings just after he's gotten assimilated and he's running sure. out in the snow. It, yeah, yeah. Nulls has got kind of an awkward running to him that is probably because it's cold and windy and all that, but it definitely kind of mirrors that a little bit. So, you yeah. know, it might be somebody uh, suspicious, somebody who's not who they who they look like. Yeah. Um, and another then uh, little, yeah, go ahead. Another little thing just throughout this minute that mm-hmm. I really like. Um, I didn't notice it as much in, in the other minutes here. Um, the music is just this steady tone that just really helps with the unsettling like nature, you know, of, of this whole minute, but I don't know. It's just really, uh, really well done. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's that, um, it's like that creepy mixture of like organ and synthesizer that, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carpenter and Alan Horth added a lot of that later because okay. there's, um, there's not a lot of bits in the, the Murakoni, um, score is, phenomenal it's amazing but yeah there are not a lot of bits that fit that kind of tone like okay you know okay. there's they're they're very kind of i don't know how you'd say it. it's not i wouldn't say melodic but they all have kind of a kind of a, a tune to them you know there's something going sure. on whereas you know i think carpenter's like kind of yeah, yeah. carpenter okay. needed a, some of those bits that are just like purely for tension building like sure, that's, sure. it's like one note held out that just kind of builds and builds <laughs> yeah um, you know, e- easy to put a piece of tape on the keyboard kind of thing, <laughs> but it, <laughs> yeah, it works. No, yeah. Yeah. But it's very, very effective. And mm-hmm. in the, uh, they use it a lot throughout the movie. This is, this is one of the good ones for sure. Yeah. So I did like, I never thought about it before, but considering how suspicious they are and how, what a big deal they make out of, uh, McCready coming in, uh, in tomorrow's minute, uh, Palmer like just is has no qualms with letting Nalls in like immediately. <laughs> yeah, which, yeah. Which is weird. That... They're they're literally in the act of boarding it up so that nobody can get in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I thought I that was more, odd. I have <laughs> notes on on Palmer in the next minute, but yeah, that's a uh, that's really funny. I didn't really think about that. Like, what is their reasoning for letting one in? Um, that's yeah, funny. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more tomorrow, obviously. But um, yeah, so here at the end, they uh, they Palmer unlocks the door and lets Nalls in, and Nalls just kind of collapses to the floor, and we don't know what's happened or what happened to McCready at this point. So we're kind of left in in some suspense at the end of this minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's that's more or less everything I had for this minute in particular. Did you um, did you have anything else you wanted to to bring up or mention? Where's all the lumber coming from? You know, that's funny. I thought about <laughs> writing that down and I didn't. Yeah. I assume <laughs> it's all coming. Well, okay. 
I was prepared to just write it off like, oh, they've got supplies. But then I would think that this type of material, this raw material would come from the basement area. But Mm -hmm. as we know, I don't think anyone's going into the basement or otherwise they'd be discovering other things. So right. I don't know. Uh, we don't have to go into that. But, <laughs> no, yeah. it is funny. I totally thought the same thing watching okay. it, this, this go around that, uh, yeah, yeah, that it probably did come from the basement, but we don't even know that there is a basement yet. Like and the, that was, that was, it's funny. That was a point that I thought of you guys were talking about the basement in a couple episodes ago. And I thought it would be because it does come from out of nowhere at the end of the movie that there's this whole underground. Mm-hmm. And when I watched it with my wife, she, she was like, so are we supposed to believe that he dug out that entire, you know, cavernous basement and like, built stairs? Because <laughs> you know, it, it does seem weird that it's just all of a sudden there's this basement and then it's like it kind of slowly you realize, oh, no, they already established this basement and then whatever else happens just, you know, was was Blair doing his own thing. But I think had they maybe had, you know – a character like Nalls or someone else go down into the basement early on in the movie before any craziness started happening, happening mm-hmm. just to get, you know, some extra food or whatever, just to establish that there is a basement, I think would have gone a long way to like not, you know, it not be a weird, you know, set piece to just discover all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't uh, think you're wrong with that for sure. It's, it is odd, uh, especially considering that this is one of those movies that I feel like establishes the kind of layout of the base pretty well throughout right, the movie. Yeah, like they, yeah. they play like even, even in minutes coming up, it's, it's pretty important to know like when a room has multiple entrances and things like that, like, yeah, and, yeah. and they establish that pretty carefully throughout the movie. So it is odd that that's like the only place in the movie that we don't see until the very end. Like every yeah. other room's been used in one way or another uh, before that. So yeah, it is kind of odd, but I guess we can we could probably guess that that's where they got all this lumber from that it was yeah, st- yeah. <laughs> stored down in that icy, creepy basement down there. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. That's we, all I have. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all I've got as well. So um, I think we'll we'll wrap up minute uh, seventy one. But um, in the meantime, listeners, you can always go to thethingminute.com for full show notes for every episode. So we'll put any links to uh, anything we talked about, any movies or anything like that, and you know if I can find any good behind the scenes pictures that relate to uh, relate to what we talked about, I'll post those as well and that kind of thing. So definitely check that out uh, as you listen to the episodes. But most importantly, don't forget to come back tomorrow for another episode of The Thing Minute. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to thethingminute.com. There you'll find the show notes with links to anything we talked about on this episode and lots of other resources on The Thing. You can also find us on Twitter at The Thing Minute and on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Thing Minute. But most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. Check out other podcasts like this at moviesbyminutes.com and be sure to head over to starwarsminute.com to listen to the team that started it all. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Harper, signing out.